to the Dirty Moms Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Brittany, mom of seven, creator of the Deliberate Day Journal, Tiffany, mom of five, author of DoraJane.com. Motherhood is overwhelming. It's always pushing you to do more and be more 24 hours a day. But here's the thing. You are the best mom for your kids. And no one on this earth is more perfectly created and qualified than you. If you are looking for honest answers to your real questions about motherhood, you've found your people. We're here to commiserate, to encourage, and empower real moms in the chaos of motherhood. And give you real solutions that get you one step closer to the motherhood you want. We are here answering your questions today, and one of the first ones we got was, do you know what causes that? Okay, if you're a mom and you have any number of children, usually I would say it starts at about three kids, right? Anytime you go anywhere, and it's always old men. Like 90% (laughs) of the time, it's old men who will walk up to you and maybe like wink at you or be like, don't you know what causes that? And I don't know what it is about walking around Target, but people feel like they have to comment. Like, don't, don't you know what causes that? I have a friend who said once that there was... <laughs> okay, she says it's me, but it wasn't me. <laughs> I swear me. it's Tiffany, but she doesn't remember telling me this story. I'm going to hold to it to my dying day. Tiffany told me this story. Uh, there was a man who leaned over at the table and just kind of in jest said, don't you know what causes that? And she must have laughed or something. And then he said, don't you have a TV? And she retorted with, if you think watching TV is better than making love, then you're doing it wrong. Okay, and even if it wasn't me, I'm sure I've like come and had that situation before. And maybe it was like in my younger days, that could have been within 12 months of either having or nursing a child. And that could be why I don't remember telling you that story because we've established this. But if you're a mom out there and you're within 12 months of either having a child or nursing a child, we've decided, I've decided, you're not responsible (laughs) for remembering really anything in that time. No, because there's so much brain fog that happens. That mom brain, it is a real thing, people. It really is. But for some reason, people, and usually it is old men, want to comment. Actually, I saw a Facebook memory the other day. A woman actually said that to me. And she she said again, like, don't you know what causes that? Okay, I don't want to go into like a biology lesson, but I'm pretty sure all of us here know exactly (laughs) what causes that, right? And the fact that you have a lot of kids to show for it, Good for you. I agree. I agree. In their slight defense, I'll probably get roasted for this, but in their slight defense, I feel like people, it's an anomaly to see big families or, you know, you feel like you want to reach out or talk to them or something, but it's been so long since you've been there, you don't really know what to say or or how to connect or if it's okay to ask them, hey, can I hold your baby or something like that. So more than anything, I think we just need to help people to see how to reach out to moms and families. I I think so. I think maybe if you have family who's giving you a hard time about having many children, it could be good for us to brainstorm some things that you could say to a large family that don't include, (laughs) don't you know what causes that? I agree. And maybe some, you know, quippy retorts or or just something to say back that maybe isn't mean in any way, but gives somebody a quick pause and helps them to think about it. I like that. I like that. We'll so work on that. I think so. So if if I'm nowadays, my kids are older, and generally I don't have all five with me, 
But if I'm in Target and I see a family of five or six or seven, I always in a non-creepy way, which is really hard (laughs) because I tend to come on a little strong because I get so excited when I see other big families. I'll try to say, you know, you have a beautiful family or your kids are gorgeous or something to that effect just to say, hey, I see you and I know that that's hard and you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I agree. When I, I always try to make eye contact with other moms and then just smile. I feel like there's a knowing smile you can share mom to mom. It's like the motorcyclists who always do their little wave on the road. We've got like that locking eyes and then just that nice gentle smile like, it's okay, we're going to make it. That's right. Well, and because really, okay, we're all in this together has been utilized a little too much, I think, in the last however long. But the one thing that I know about 99% of moms is that we all love our kids and we all just want to do the best that we can, whether we have one kid or two kids or 10 kids. So when we interact with other moms and other families, let's start there. Absolutely. That's what I think. So Okay. Amen. That actually takes us into the next question really well, because the next question we got is, how do you do it? What is it? Ain't that the truth? Not nookie. That's That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) If you need help with that lesson, you're on the wrong podcast. Yes, ma'am, you are. Regardless of what our name might say. (laughs) Truth. Uh, I get this question probably more than any other question across the board. How do you do it? And my answer is almost always the same. I don't. The the super mom, the doing it all is a myth. I'm here to tell you right now, it is a myth. If it you is. see a mom out in a store dress nice with her kids dress nice, I guarantee you her house would be something that the health department should check on because you can't, you just can't do it all. No, you can't. We're all picking a different mountain to die on or a different hill to die on. Or, you know, we're, we're all choosing different things that are our priorities, which means other ones have to fall off the bandwagon. Some people pick very visual priorities, just like we talked about in the last podcast with the wardrobe planning. One of our priorities is looking nice when we go out. But if you come and look at my laundry room, you might see that my priority is not keeping up with laundry as well as I would like to. Okay, I shouldn't have totally said that. I've been to Brittany's house. Even though her family looks really nice <laughs> out and about, her house looks really nice too. But you have a really She's good point. She's kind of not telling the whole truth there. No, it does. Well, don't come it's to my house. clean-ish. We, we're clean but not messy-free, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, because with 14 hands that you don't control, that's not even possible. I like, never even thought about it like that, 14 hands. And feet. I mean, if you count hands Amen. and feet, I don't know my... Yeah, add in the dog, that's a whole, that's 18 feet. Holy buckets. That's a lot of feet. That's a lot of feet. So, but there, it it's such a myth that you can do it all. If you're going to be focusing on your career, your kids are going to play a lot of video games. Yeah, you're, you're always going to pick and choose. And it's really important that we all understand that that's okay. And that in different seasons, you're also going to prioritize differently. None of us are super mom. None of us are hitting A's across the board. None of us are doing it all. And how do we do it on the hard days is the same exact way you do it, actually. You just keep pushing through because you love your kids and you want to do the best for them. And this whole myth around... Good moms never yell. Good moms never get angry. Good moms never get tired. Good moms never get frustrated. Whew, such a myth. 
good moms are human and good moms get worn out. The demands of motherhood are real and they are constant and they are all day long and sometimes a lot of times all the way through the night. And I think too that it's triage. You know, it's there's a lot of triage involved in doing many of the things because you have to pick you know, consider someone who's working on a battlefield, right? Like you have to go to the person who's the most hurt usually first. I don't know. I've never been on a battlefield. We already established you don't want to be I mean, on a I battlefield. I feel like motherhood is a little bit like a battlefield some days. Oh, my goodness. The blood. Yeah. I mean, I mean if your kids play outside, blood, sweat, it can tears, be. weapons. Yeah. So you you just you have to deal with some of the things that are urgent and important first. But that's also, I think, where we can really shine in being intentional about what we're going to choose to handle and what we're going to choose to let go on any given day. And we don't always get to choose, but I think we could choose more than we think we could choose. Absolutely. I also think we can kind of focus in and prioritize a little bit more. And then you do start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm getting on top of the things that are most important. So you feel much less like you might be failing or you can't do it all or you just can't find the balance. I don't, I don't know if I believe in balance. I think that we're always weighing things, just like you said, in basically triage, especially in the earlier seasons. When you have little ones, mamas, you're in triage. Like that's it. That's all there is to it. You're not getting a lot of sleep at night. You're constantly dealing with unreasonable expectations that your children's have. You're constantly reminding of rules and, you know, trying to show consistency when there's so much inconsistency that's happening all around you. So because of all of that, when you start to dial it back and say, okay, what are my biggest priorities today? Then you can start to feel like, okay, I, I am doing it. I'm, I'm doing good because I, I hit these priorities today and they weren't unreasonable. And, and then I can just let go of the rest. Yeah. And I think especially like I remember back to having little ones and sometimes just getting out the front door was enough for the day. Like that was the priority. So we we want to push ourselves. We want to choose what we're going to focus on, but also give ourselves grace and remember that, hey, sometimes sometimes what we choose is not what's chosen for us that particular day. So Oh, gosh, yes. Definitely. So another question that we got along these similar lines with doing it all, and don't you know what causes that, is... Where do you put them, Brittany? <laughs> we actually, all seven of my kids, well, I guess all nine of us, really, we live in an 1,800-square-foot home. And a lot of times people hear that and they are gobsmacked because in their 2,300-square-foot home with their two kids, they can't even imagine that. But a lot of times I think we get in our mind that kids need so much more than their simplest needs actually are. I, I would agree. And I've been to Brittany's house and I've seen the creativity with which they handle having multiple children in a room. And let me tell you, like, if you saw a magazine, Brittany is an amazing woodworker, what y'all don't know. So <laughs> she do, she can put up a shiplap wall in like, I don't know, 25 minutes. She's like, it's easy. No big <laughs> deal. It is not easy. I've done woodworking now. My husband and I have dabbled in it a little bit, and it's, it's not. It's not 
as easy as she <laughs> says it is. But but the thing is, is that, you know, we do have people ask, my house, we have five kids. We don't have as many kids as Brittany. My house is just slightly bigger, but our, our spaces, right, whether you have a huge space or a small space, nowadays I think that we feel like we need so much more space than we actually do. You know, back in the day, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they didn't have even 1,800 square feet if they had seven kids sometimes. So, yeah. And actually, I've found that right now our, our situation changes probably yearly. We swap things up. And so sometimes we had all of the kids in one room and had a playroom. Other times we had a schoolroom and everyone in one room. Then we split off kids based on you know, in different age brackets, kids tend to get along better or worse depending on kind of where they fall. So sometimes we would split them off with older and younger and then kind of the middle group together. Right now we have all five of our girls in one room and we have our two boys in the other room. And then Brandon and I are in our own room. That actually surprisingly works really well for us. I'm not saying that the kids don't fight, they don't argue, but we would have that regardless. I grew up in a family of eight, and there were times that we shared rooms. There were times that we had our own rooms. You're always going to have that sibling bickering, and I think that that's actually, as long as you don't let it get mean ever, it's a healthy kind of bickering. It's a healthy thing that they're being taught to work through their problems with other people. And being in close proximity, our kids are learning incredible lessons. They're learning how to be a little bit less selfish. They're learning how to communicate well with people because when you live in the same room or in the same small space with somebody, you have no choice but to communicate and to communicate well, you know, to continue to try and make things better and work on things. That's really a gift if you look at it in a different light. We could look like, oh, we're doing the wrong thing for our kids, or we could say, what, are, what is the good here that they can gain from it? And that's kind of the approach we've taken And I can definitely see the fruits of that in having them all kind of together. Their relationships are very strong, albeit (laughs) the bickering does drive me bonkers. And things do get broken. But Brandon and I generally try to replace things if they get broken, and and it works really well for us. Yeah, I think we've had similar things over the years. We've had times where we had groupings. So we have four boys and a girl, so we'll have the two oldest boys together together the two younger boys together and the girl. And when we finally decided to kind of separate everyone or when they kind of decide that they need a little bit more space, my kids are a little bit older than Brittany's. uh, We have found usually the room split comes when someone is really messy and someone is really (laughs) clean. Yes. And the best way to figure out which one is which is to separate them. And you find out very quickly which one is actually the clean one and which one is the messy one. So we we do the same thing, but our our kids are separated a little bit more and we still have the bickering. I my third son actually started asking me quite regularly when I was going to die because I kept telling my children <laughs> that someday I'm going to die and you guys are going to be all you have. And so <laughs> Then I I had to stop saying that because he kept being like, Mom, when are you going to die? Like, And then he started asking for things that I had that he wanted. Like, can, <laughs> Just establish this early yeah, on. Yeah. When I mean, you go. Yeah. Can I, can I have your phone when you die? I'm like, well, I uh-huh. hope it's not going to be that soon. But yeah, I think you're right, though. 
learning, there's a lot of value in learning how to have a roommate. It's roommate practice, mm-hmm. really. It is. And marriage practice, honestly. Oh, yeah. And just like you said, you know, our, our kids, they are such a gift to each other. I really, really do believe that the best gift you can give your children are siblings because there are so many things we gain from those relationships and so many lessons and foundations that are built without even having to try as a parent. They're just happening naturally and beautifully, although it doesn't always feel like it's beautifully. It really is. Okay, so this is off the cuff, but I have another question for you then. Oh, no. (laughs) Should I have another baby, Brittany? Not me personally, but like I'm saying, <laughs> I, I sadly will have no more. But what if someone came and asked you, should I have another baby? I would probably ask them, well, have you prayed about it, number one? And number two, are your reasons for saying no to another baby right now, are they rooted in love and goodness and Christ, or are they rooted in some of these selfish things that we tend to hold on to or fear? If you're not having another baby because of fear or selfishness, it might be really beautiful to take another look at that and be like, well, maybe there is a pull on my heart to have another baby. We have seven, and they were not all planned. And I can tell you on this side of it, it was hard at different times, but the beauty that I've seen from inviting that next little soul into our lives and the way that they've changed our family is beyond anything that I could have planned myself. And I truly do believe that it is designed by Christ to change and grow and build our family in precisely the way that this tiny little soul did for us when we've said yes to it. That is so true. And I find that when people come to me, they don't anymore, but like back in the day (laughs) when they, I would have a lot of people message me or call me and be like, I really want another baby, but I, you know, but my mom says I shouldn't, or I, I don't know if I should. Um, Something that number one, they would only ask me with four or five small children if they wanted another kid and they wanted someone to be like, (laughs) you should definitely have another kid. So that that was always kind of in the back of my mind. But something else that I tell people really goes back to what Brittany said was that I don't know any well-adjusted older human who has ever said, man, I wish I wouldn't have had that last kid. You know, like, (laughs) who, if I would have just stopped, you know, after five and not had any more, life would be, you know. I don't think you hear that from normal, well-adjusted people. Now, there are people maybe who would say that, but, but I think that Brittany's right. We should for sure pray about anything we do, whether it's having a kid, whether it's I don't know, going to the grocery store nowadays, anything like prayer should be always where we start. But but really, instead of asking, why should I have another kid? Maybe why not? Why shouldn't we have another one? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's easy for me to say now that I have five and I'm kind of done and you have seven. But 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 another thing, like some of the hang ups, the natural hang ups to people having another child is um, we don't have enough money. We don't have a house big enough. You know, we create a lot of these excuses or reasons why we can't have more children. And I'm here to tell you, on this side of seven kids in an 1,800-square-foot house, a lot of those reasons don't hold water. 
you know, you there's so much goodness that comes from bringing another life into your home and bringing siblings to your children that a lot of that stuff that we feel like is going to make a really big deal isn't that big of a deal. And you get to do this slow. It's not like all of a sudden you gain six more kids and you're like, I have no idea how we're going to pay for this. We've had medical bills out the wazoo. We had a NICU baby. We stayed in the NICU. She was 31 weeks. So she was nine weeks early. We were stuck in the NICU for 30 days for a month. And she had an emergency, um, not life flight, but she was on a very special ambulance that was like the Rolls Royce of ambulances for babies, which I'm so grateful for, but also cost as much as a Rolls Royce for babies. So, you know, we came out of that with incredible medical debt and also feeling like I was a brand new parent that had never parented before as she was my sixth kid. And still we grew and there was beauty and we made it through hardship and we have no more medical debt right now. Look at what we've done because we just said yes and we just kept taking one more step and one more step and one more step. You can do it. You really can. It feels scary. It feels overwhelming. And there are big things that happen, but they've never, ever been unconquerable because we said yes to a new child. We might also think in terms of like we have children in order to teach our children things, but a lot of times I think when we have children – our kids teach us a lot of things. So much. Yeah. And we we are given the children not because the children need us sometimes, but because we need those particular children to mold us into better humans. I would completely agree with that. I have a lot of children who have <laughs> been responsible for molding me into a better who probably all I of them. I would say all of mine. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've laughed a few times with my husband and said, clearly, I'm the reason we have seven kids because I needed seven kids in order to become a better person. <laughs> it, it No, but it's so true. Like, I, I was just talking to Brittany in the car on the way here, and I am a different mother today, 17 years after I became a mom. Thank goodness, y'all. Thank goodness. I was not ready to be a mom. I was not, I was not ready to do really anything. I'd never even held a baby. They gave me my son in the hospital and I was like, you just give him to me? Like that's something that you do. Don't you need? Like, I don't know. I feel like I should have some sort of credential, but no. And so it's, it's in the process of doing and being that we have the opportunity to grow and to learn and to become better. And I hope in the next five, 10, 17 years, I become a better mom than I am right now. Yeah. I also think, just as a, a last note here, having more children and saying yes to that does mean there are other things you have to say no to. But I've never found that on the other side of saying no, we were any less, we were any less in any way. The things that we've said no to in order to say yes to kids. And listen, we just took seven kids on a 5,000-mile road trip last year. So you can't tell me that with kids you can't go do big things because I'm here to tell you you're wrong. So it's just different priorities. It's just saying yes to some things and saying no to some things now or saying no to some things, you know, and opening a door to something brand new that you had no idea to even want that or expect that or hope for that. That's so true. That's so beautiful. We're going to just encourage you to be like, why not? 
have a conversation with a husband. There you go. Yeah, we actually, okay, we should mention this. We ran into a husband at a park not long ago. <laughs> we did. Who had, I think he was there with one. Yeah. Okay. So I think I had three of my kids and Brittany had um, four, five or five. six of mine. Yeah, of her kids at the park. And somehow we got to talking and he mentioned that his wife would like another child. They had two children and she okay. wanted to go for a third. He was there with the little toddler. The daughter was you know, calm and sweet, and then this little boy came, and he was full-on 100% boy, and the dad just felt like, mm, I think we're good with two. I think we're good with two. And it's hard in that triage of Toddlerville to see anything other than, there's no way I can do this again. But we should never make decisions in crisis, right? <laughs> well, that's true. And also, maybe he, I mean, we we kind of we we worked on him a little bit I would say at <laughs> we the were park. very encouraging I would say we were very encouraging about having a third child so if you don't want more kids but your husband does don't let him frequent parks where people go that have a lot of children <laughs> right especially if they're like Brittany and I and they're like no it's beautiful you need more but I think that the idea that kids hold you back like Brittany says is so not true. It just, it, it really adds to your life. It's added to my life and made me a much less, I'm still very selfish. I'm just going to say that, like very much so. But I'm a lot less selfish than I was before I had kids. Uh, that is spot on exactly how I feel. I thought about other people and was kind to other people, but I, I really did just focus, you know, just self-focused, I guess is the best way to describe it. And children push you outside of that comfort zone again and again. And it's amazing how much happier I am, the person I am today, than I can see what I would have been had I not said yes to kids. Were the lessons hard? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, they were. Is the triage hard? Yes. But what things in life are worth anything if they're not a, a little bit hard? They're worth more than... Community is vital in motherhood, so come connect with us on Instagram. You can find our handles in the show notes and go visit DeliberateDayJournal.com to find some free resources to start changing your motherhood today. Before you go, though, hit subscribe and give us a rating. Ratings will help us build a community where mothers feel seen, encouraged, and empowered. And here's the thing. We can share our wisdom, we can share our ideas, but we're not experts, and we have a lot to learn still, too. We would love to hear your thoughts and hear any ideas that you might have to add.